this is Tony Speaks and my lovely wife, Kim. We are the founders and co-creators of the lifestyle brand and podcast, Becoming Disciplined. Every week we meet, learn from, and share best practices with highly disciplined men and women from a variety of fields and endeavors. You know, Tony, there was a book that came out a number of years ago called Outliers, and the author talked about uh, you know, people who master things put in 10,000 hours. Now, that's a lot of time and attention, but when I began reading three hours a day, I, I did it for 10 years. It came out to about 20,000 hours, uh, and it really changed my intellectual life. Philosopher and theologian Kenneth Richard Samples has a great passion to help people understand the reasonableness and relevance of Christianity's truth claims. He is the senior research scholar at Reasons to Believe and the author of several books, including Classic Christian Thinkers, Seven Truths That Changed the World, and God Among Sages. Professor Samples, welcome to Becoming Disciplined. Hello, Tony. Thanks for having me on your show. It's good to see you and talk with you. It is our delight. It is our delight. Now, for our listeners, I don't invite anyone on this show who is not disciplined in at least one of the following areas, spirituality, mental, physical, emotional, finance, uh, time organization, home organization, or data organization. For our, for our listening audience, while I have never personally met uh, Professor Samples, I have read, watched, listened to hours upon hours upon hours of podcasts, debates, blog posts, and even some TV programs featuring Professor Samples. He is a leader within the Christian church regarding intellectual pursuits and the health of the mind. Uh, mental, academic, and spiritual disciplines are all areas of discipline where many of us within the apologetic community and the larger Christian community look up to Professor Samples. But before we talk about the issue of discipline, though, let us try to understand uh, the context of Ken Samples. As we know with our study of scriptures, context is, is everything. So, Professor Samples, can you tell me about your early childhood development? Yeah, Tony, thanks for asking. Um, my parents were World War II era parents. They lived in a rural state, West Virginia, in the in the mid-50s, they moved to Los Angeles, California, which was kind of a culture shock moving from West Virginia. I was born in the late 50s. My parents had six kids. I was kind of the uh, last one born. My, my mother would joke sometime I was a bit of an accident, but uh, <laughs> I know the Lord has no accidents. So I, uh, I, I grew up in the 1960s and... Um, you know, my my relationship with my dad was, uh, I think, more respect than kind of emotional connection. I just saw him as my, my superhero. And uh, my mother was very uh, tender with me. And I again, I have five, five siblings. You know what? Uh, this is off script a bit, but I've read uh, I have a lot of heroes that come from West Virginia. Uh, John Wooden and others. Wow. And uh, it seems like I hear that as a pattern. Well, they may not have, his parents may not have been educated, but they stressed that. And they yeah. stressed the value of reading, which kind of made him the man that he is. So um, 
I have read that even more important than IQ is EQ. And uh, I have seen you and a, a person that we both admire a great, uh, a great deal, Dr. Hugh Ross, in some very uh, stressful debates. So uh, regarding the, the question of emotional intelligence and emotional discipline, how do you stay emotionally calm during such stressful situations like a debate? And where did you get that from? Yeah, Tony, I think there are times that intellectual people can sometimes uh, exaggerate the importance of, uh, you know, in intelligence, IQ, and maybe not emphasize enough of EQ. I, I, I think that, uh, I think my wife is very helpful to me in that regard. She, you know, she communicates to me frequently that uh, when I'm talking about issues, I'm talking to people. I'm not just talking about ideas. And, you know, I, I think that your demeanor and your attitude stays with the person long after the discussion is over. So scripture tells me that gentleness, respect, and a clear conscience is every bit as important as the argument that I'm making. My wife's helped me with that. I think my mother helped me with that as well. Why, a good wife and a good mom. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think the scriptures point to that as well. So um, now I'm, knowing that you're an academic uh, growing up as part of your context, did you play sports as well? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tony. Um, I was uh, a basketball player and a baseball player. I uh, In high school, I hoped that maybe I could become a professional baseball player. Uh, I Gave it my all, but uh, it didn't kind of work out that way. But I played some high school baseball. I played a little semi-pro ball after high school. And uh, I didn't give my academics probably enough attention because I was such a so dedicated to playing sports. Uh, and my parents uh, probably wished I would have studied a bit more. Right. Now, um, I'm asking this question to help others because... Uh, my, I had parents that stressed reading, but in junior high, I became entangled, I guess you could say, because I didn't necessarily have someone to teach me good study habits, mm -hmm. such as good, strong note-taking, um, uh, folder organization, uh, yeah. how to properly read a book and how to, you know, how to analyze, how to critically. And, and, and get the real information that we need. You know, Tony, there was a book that came out a number of years ago called Outliers. And the author talked about, uh, you know, people who master things put in 10,000 hours. Now, that's a lot of time and attention. But when I began reading three hours a day, I, I did it for 10 years. It came out to about 20,000 hours. Uh, and it really changed my intellectual life. Uh, I could see that my, the depth of my understanding of things was really changing in a positive way. And so uh, there are some good sources out there to help you and encourage you. And, uh, you know, reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. Well, I must confess, I don't read manually a physical book for three hours a day, but I've at least gotten to positive audible books that are, you know, so, so, uh, but I'm going to get there with you one day, Professor Samples. I, I'm going to get there. Uh, now, uh, we know you're an academic now. Were you an academic as you, in your teenage years as well? 
not so much. I mean, I think probably my teachers would say that I did enough work to get by. Uh, you know, again, I gave more attention to playing baseball than I did academics. But as soon as I got to college, I realized I needed to buckle down and really take my studies seriously. Yes, I'm seeing that as a habit of I mean, a, a pattern of many of our, our guests that we have on here. Now, uh, the reason why I'm asking this is that the studies show that this is a foundation for discipline. Uh, uh, however, some of my more disciplined people on here have confessed that this is not a strong point for them. So I'm curious, Professor Samples, are you a good sleeper? And when and where, if you are a good sleeper, when and where did you develop your current sleep habits? Yeah, that's really a good question. Uh, Tony, I have found that I sleep well when I eat uh, well and when I exercise. I tend to process my stress a lot better when I'm able to work out, you know, some weight training. I've been doing some hiking that keeps my heart rate up. But I, um, I kind of uh, don't sleep well unless I'm looking at the physical and the, the eating habits that I have. And when I do them all, I, I do sleep a lot better and feel recharged. Sure. Uh, now, you know, as a theologian, where you work at, at Reasons to Believe, uh, you've come into contact with scientists on a regular basis. And how has your knowledge of science impacted your faith? Yeah, I've been very fortunate to to work with some really excellent scientists, uh, Hugh Ross and other colleagues at Reasons to Believe. These are all individuals who have doctoral degrees in particular areas of science. I think, Tony, what's been very encouraging for me is to see that what we see in astronomy, what we see in biology, I think corresponds very well with what we see in terms of the doctrine of creation and scripture. At Reasons to Believe, we talk about the two books. There, of course, is the literal book of Scripture. Then there's the book of nature. And uh, God is the author of both books. Those books will cohere. So I think uh, what I've learned in science has helped me to see that, that, that Scripture and, and science are a good fit. Well, I can say that you all have been a profound help with me because if you don't have a, a strong creation model, as your foundation, then it's hard to build the rest of your theological house. Yeah. And uh, you all have been uh, an incredible blessing to me. Uh, now, a follow-on question. How has your faith impacted your level of discipline? Yeah, um, well, I I think that it's helped a lot. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm a finite creature. I'm here on this earth for a limited period of time. And uh, I think my faith has taught me that I, I, need to, I need to focus on what's really important in life. And uh, I want to use my mind to the glory of God. I, I want to love God with all of my being, including my mind. Um, so I, I think it has helped me in terms of just taking stock of my life. And uh, you know, I also want to be disciplined in devoting myself to my family. At, at the end of my life, I don't think I'll be asking how many books I've written. I think I'll be asking how much have I loved my wife, my children, what kind of Christian have I been? So I, I think the big thing is my faith teaches me that uh, uh, time is temporary. 
and I need to be about the really important things in life. Sure. Sure. Uh, and and while I'm going to try to keep this podcast open to everyone, uh, you know, with all the people that I interview, um, there's no way for me to duck it or get around it that uh, your faith is, uh, you know, w- with without a strong stronghold of understanding your faith and your theology, uh, you're really spinning your wheels and wasting your time. You know, you, you have to have that as a good, you know, uh, strong you have to you have to have that as an anchor so that you know or, or a compass to know where you're going so uh and please forgive me if i if i remember this wrong but i believe i on a podcast or a tv show i think i remember a health scare that you had involving your brain uh how did that experience change you and and please forgive me if i misremember that no you're right uh in 2003 i came down with a very serious illness it was a life threatening illness um, at the time, the doctors weren't sure what I had. They were, uh, they were pessimistic that they thought it might be brain cancer. Uh, what it was, was I had a rare bacterial infection that caused uh, six uh, abscess brain lesions, and it just turned my world upside down. I was hospitalized for uh, about five or six weeks, and uh, you know, I was flat on my back, and it. Uh, it was a very difficult time. I mean, I, I'd always, I'd always taken for granted when I wake up in the morning, I jump out of bed, do all these things. Tony, I couldn't, I couldn't stand up on my own. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a, a real crisis. It was a crisis, not just for me, but the people who care about me, my wife, my kids, my friends, my colleagues. Um, I think what it taught me, it taught me, Tony, that empathy is a really important thing in life that, you know, there are a lot of people that suffer day by day that have health crisis, that struggle with depression. I think something that really is positive about it is I began to see how important it is to to reach out to people who suffer and to have greater empathy for individuals. Fortunately, uh, even my doctor said somebody must have been looking out for me because my situation was really dire. Uh, but a lot of people prayed for me. I got good medicine. I had good medical care, and I was able to recover fully. Uh, but it is a story that uh, you know, life is short, and you have to be about the really important things in life. And I'm, I'm thankful that God's grace uh, brought me back. Amen. I can testify to that. That my own illnesses have helped me minister to others. Um, you know. You know, and I, and I hate to admit it, but a younger Tony, um, I was taking care of my ill mother and I, I didn't say anything wrong and I didn't say anything disrespectful, but my mother was struggling with diabetes and there was on the inside a little bit of condescension or, you know, like, you know, you can do better for yourself or whatever. And then right after that, I, I got ill and it kind of uh, put me in my place and, and kind of helped me. It helped me minister in a more compassionate level, as, as you just stated. Uh, Professor Camp, uh, Prof- uh, Professor Samples, you are a very accomplished author. Can you share with me your process for writing books? Because we have many people who watch this show. For instance, when do you write and how do you process good and bad ideas? Yeah, one of the things that I really like to do when I write is uh, I like to write a, a variety of articles. And uh, 
therefore, when I start a book, I have some things already written that I can then organize and develop and, and extend. Starting from a blank screen is sometimes a little intimidating. But I have found, Tony, that if I am disciplined, you know, for example, if you write just 500 words a day, um, you know, in a couple months, uh, you're, you're moving ahead. And uh, the last couple books I've realized, I've started having a checklist and really tried to discipline myself. Because when you write a book, you kind of look at the, the whole thing and it seems intimidating. Wow, I've got to write a 300-page book. It seems pressure field. But I try to knock it down into bits and pieces that I can navigate through. And if I can write 500 words or 1,000 words in a day and, and stay on that discipline, I, uh, I tend to uh, write a little bit more in the evening. Um, but I, it, it, writing is a challenging process and a difficult process. But I'll tell you, when people read my books and they're blessed by them, they're encouraged, they're strengthened by them, it's a real shot, uh, you know, to me, an encouragement to me. So, uh, yeah, writing takes a lot of discipline. You know, I'm, I, I want to go look at a video or I'm going to watch a TV program or I want to go exercise. But if you're going to complete a, new, a book and you have deadlines, you really do have to be disciplined. Amen. Now, uh, and I want to place in our second golden nugget there, along with a Coach Wooden quote, uh, yard by yard is hard, but inch by inch is a cinch. Yeah, so, uh, I as love it. Samples encourage us just a little bit a day, 500 words a day will get us to our goal for all of you uh, future authors that are listening today. Now, uh, as I stated earlier at Becoming Discipline, we examine discipline or organization in the following areas, spirituality. Uh, mental, physical, emotional, finance, time organization, home organization, and data organization. Can you tell us which of these do you consider your strongest points and which of these do you consider your undeveloped areas? Yeah, I think intellectual issues come easy. They're uh, things I enjoy. So reading, reflecting, teaching, all of those things I, I think come easy to me now after a lot of years of study. Um, I think areas that I've had to work at and pay more careful attention to uh, is my diet. Uh, my doctor has told me that, um, you know, a lot of times keeping your weight down has more to do with your diet than it is with your exercise. And I've had to realize that if I'm going to uh, put my family in a, in a, sound financial situation, I have to I have to be very disciplined in looking at how we spend money. And uh, that's something I've learned to be better at, to be, uh, you know, to be more careful about those kinds of things. So I agree. I think those, all of those areas are very important. Sometimes we're ahead of the game. Sometimes we're a little behind the game. I've had to look at diet and uh, I've had to become more responsibly uh, in terms of economics. Sure. Now, some people believe on focusing on strengths and ignoring weaknesses. Uh, what do you believe about that? Because I can tell you biblically, sometimes when you look at the grace and also the requirement of holiness, 
Yeah. You know, it, it, I, I sometimes struggle with those thoughts. So, so uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, focusing on strengths or ignoring weaknesses? What, what is your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that, uh, I, I think I try to look pretty carefully at the weak areas of my life. I, and I try to seek out sources that can be helpful to me. I try to find people that I can go and talk to that, you know, that do a really good job at these, these kinds of things. Uh, you know, in my, in my areas of strength, I, I just feel a passion. I feel an enthusiasm. You know, the idea of encouraging people to learn how to, to read and to develop their education, those are things that I feel a deep passion about. But I, I do try to keep aware of areas of my life in which I struggle. And I try to be candid both with myself and with God, that this is an area that, uh, that needs effort, that needs work. And I find, Tony, if I'm humble and, I, uh, and, and take responsibility for myself, it, it helps. But it's hard to be good at everything. Um, you know, some areas are really a, a breeze for me. Some areas I really have to work at. No, that that's uh, helpful to me. I I, uh, I love reading, but then sometimes I can love snacking while reading. So that can be <laughs> a, real, a real real. Now, uh, what book or passage do you recommend within the Bible for people who are seeking discipline? And also, what book outside of the Bible do you recommend that has helped you along your path? Yeah, very good. Well, you know, I I really like. Uh, I really like the Apostle Paul in um, in Romans chapter 12. He says that we need a renewal of the mind. You know, stop thinking, uh, you know, like the Gentiles or like the non-Christian. He talks about the importance of an intellectual renewal. Uh, you know, to be to be careful. And another place, Paul talks about watch your life and your doctrine carefully. So, as a theologian, those are very important to me. I would return to Mortimer Adler again. Tony, he has two books. One, how to read a book. I mean, my mother taught me to read. Mortimer Adler taught me to read well. And Adler also has a uh, another book um, where he talks about uh, how to how to listen, how to study. And so he's just a, been a great educator, uh, you know, for me. And uh, I. I solidly recommend him. Can you tell us about RTB? Because though I have tried to be a kid for RTB, and I've tried to uh, to, to shout to the to the rooftops about your organization, uh, I, I feel like I just can't shout loud enough. Uh, especially, you know, uh, what's a what's a kind way to say this? It seems like when the TV shows or when certain elements, you know, like sometimes the big platforms when they when they go uh, to get uh, the opinion of Christians, uh, I wish that I could direct them to Dr. Ross or yourself. And and sometimes they put people on the camera, these CBS, NBC, ABC, they put people on the camera that don't represent Christianity well. And uh, if you could tell our listening audience about RTB and what you all do and, and you know, because I know and I know the apologetic community knows, but there are people who watch this podcast who may be unfamiliar. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, 
Reasons to Believe is a science faith organization, and so uh, it attempts to show that that the scientific record uh, and what we find in Scripture is is compatible. Lots of people, Tony, have questions about science. Is is the Bible reliable? Does it fit with the with the scientific mode? So. Uh, I'm on the scholar team there. I have a number of colleagues. Dr. Hugh Ross is an astronomer. He started the organization in the mid-1980s. So we have a whole group of uh, PhD scientists, and uh, we uh, you know, set forth the idea that uh, you can be a man of faith and a person of science, and faith and reason, faith and science go together. Sure. Now, uh we're in we're in challenging times with the coronavirus and you know some of the divisions that happen in the country. Uh, do you you have written many many books? Uh, do you have a specific book that you think that is a good starting point for our listeners? I, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm going to put all of your books at the end of this show. But which book right now do you think of all the ones that you've written is 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 a good place uh, a good starting point for our listeners? Well, I, I think I, my book, A World of Difference, it is a book that looks at worldviews, kind of our big picture view of reality. Uh, early in the book, I talk about the importance of reason and logic and being a careful thinker. Then I kind of develop the Christian worldview, our view of God, our view of knowledge, uh, our view of ultimate reality. I think that's kind of a, a book that will help people to kind of think critically and carefully. Uh, about ethics and issues like that. And I try to write in such a way, Tony, that uh, you don't have to have an advanced degree to read my books. Uh, if you uh, uh, are, are thoughtful and careful and put some time in, I think you could get a lot out of that book. Okay, and I have uh, one more unscripted question. Um, I've noticed that you, um, Fuzrana, I, I, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing the name correctly, correctly. Uh, and then Dr. Hugh Ross, you all are, of all the people in apologetics, you are probably the most focused and disciplined regarding messaging and branding. Y'all don't get off topic uh, that often. Like when I listen to your podcast, I don't see you. Don't get me wrong. You talk about a lot of wonderful things, but you all are very, very focused on what you sp speak about and what you talk about and the, the issues that you you stay on task. My, I guess my question is, was that part of, did Dr. Ross or whoever hires people at RTB, was that, uh, did, what, was that part of the hiring process before they brought you on board or uh, is that cultivated while you're at RTB? Well, I think it's probably a little both. Uh, you know, Dr. Ross is a very focused person. Uh, I think part of it, Tony, is we want to be as credible as we can. We want to speak to areas that are our strength. We want to be careful that we don't get off on rabbit trails that may not be very uh, productive. But but I also think it it is, again, our desire to... to uh, to give people credible information, uh, to present our case in the most attractive way. And we know there are hot topics, you know, people have differing ideas, 
but we really try to stay focused. And uh, I think Dr. Ross has done a good job at modeling that. And uh, we, you know, we try to we try to focus on that as well as uh, members of the scholar team. Sure. Yeah, I, I just I can't credit you all enough because as I watch other apologetic ministries, I just see them getting caught in in like silly debates and silly arguments that are kind of off the point or, or off the main point. And uh, you all always seem to stay up here, uh, you know, uh, with the with the bigger with the bigger principles, the higher principles. Now, uh, as we close, uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, for our listeners, and we have a group of listeners where they're basically just uh, they're of varying maturity levels within you know their faith, and some of them are even there are even a few atheists. There's a few uh, people of other faiths who listen to us, but they're all trying to get better. They're all trying to improve themselves. That's why they listen to this podcast. They're trying to become better humans, and they're trying to become more temperate. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts or advice for them? Yeah, I do, Tony. I, I want to encourage your listeners to, to realize, you know, none of us are perfect. You know, all of us are striving to, to be more gracious, more empathetic, hardworking, caring individuals. I, I would encourage your listeners to, to look at their areas of strengths, to be fair with themselves, with discipline. You know, all of us have kind of a, a voice in the back of our head that is likes to make us feel insecure or inadequate. I would say, you know, don't listen to that voice. Stay focused on on good things. Stay focused on what's true, what's good, what's beautiful, uh, what is loving. Uh, and to, to be the very best person you can, uh, I think there will be solid benefits that flow from that kind of thing. Okay. Well, Professor Samples, as a mark of your level of discipline, uh, <laughs> your answers were so concise that we didn't even take the whole hour because uh, you you were you were always uh, you were focused in such a regimen fashion that we are already done. And uh, Professor Samples, I can't thank you enough. I, I really appreciate it. We are just getting started here. But the beautiful thing about podcasts is that they stay there in perpetuity. So as the podcast grow and I will say this, that. Uh, my wife and I are going to uh, be in, investing a lot within this podcast to, to grow it and develop yep. it so that while we're just getting started, your po podcast will be there. And, uh, and I think it's going to reach a lot of people and touch a lot of people. And I just thank you for, uh, for giving us your time. And, uh, and I know you're going to help many people. Well, it's my pleasure. And if, if there's anything, Tony, I can do, you're a, you're a good man and a good friend. If I can help, let me know. Thank you, Professor Samples. That means a lot to me. A few closing thoughts regarding this podcast. While emotional discipline may be the most practical discipline that we discuss, the intellectual discipline that Professor Samples prescribes may be the most important. The work that Professor Samples and the people at RTB have accomplished provide us with a credible cosmic answer to the question of why. Discipline without a why can be masochistic. Before any of us embark upon a journey of discipline, we must do the thoughtful work that Professor Samples has made his life's ambition. We must philosophically and spiritually answer the question, what is the purpose of our discipline? 
please follow Professor Samples at reasons.org or purchase his books on Amazon. Thank you once again for tuning in to Becoming Disciplined.